This podcast is brought to you by Byron Belitzos, the author of a new book entitled Your Evolving Soul, The Cosmic Spirituality of the Urantia Revelation. Please listen to podcast number 635 to learn more about Your Evolving Soul. In Greg's interview with Byron, they discuss what the Urantia Books Foundation is based upon, as well as the fact that the Urantia Book provides a revolutionary new depiction of the human soul, the afterlife, and the nature of deity that is commensurate with the needs of our time. Byron helps the reader to unravel this deep and thought-provoking text in his new book, Your Evolving Soul. Please listen to Greg's fascinating interview with the author and expert on the Urantia book, Byron Belitzos, by listening to podcast number 435. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Lisa, as I do every time I get on one of these shows again, um, the only people to really thank are the people that tune in and listen to these podcasts and have been for in excess of 10 years now, um, going on 635 plus interviews with authors. <clears throat> and I want to thank you um, from joining us from upstate New York. I have Lisa Kay, PhD on the line. And Lisa has written a book that I'm very, very interested in. And I think everybody out there is going to be interested in. It's called Intuition on Demand, a step-by-step guide to powerful intuition you can trust. Welcome to the show, Lisa. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, I appreciate having you on. And obviously, I think for many of my listeners, they know that I just wrote a book called Hacking the Gap, a, uh, a journey or guide to from intuition to innovation and beyond. And your book intrigued me so much that I reached out to you. And before I knew it, I had a book and here we are doing an interview. So thanks for being on the show with me. And for my listeners, uh, let me tell you a little bit about Lisa Kay. She's a teacher, author, and speaker, and an expert on intuition. She has taught hundreds of people intuition development around the world in workshops and seminars, seminars, both online and in person. She holds degrees in engineering from Columbia University, um, psychobiology from the State University of New York, and a PhD from the University of Metaphysical Sciences. And if you want to know more about Lisa Kay, uh, you can go to www.lmk88.com. That's lmk88.com. We will also put a link to Amazon where you can get this book. It's a Findhorn Press book, um, and their website is findhornpress.com. Well, Lisa, you and I have had uh, more of an opportunity to speak than many of the authors that I speak to, because oftentimes I just get a book in the mail and I didn't have time to, to do what you and I have done. And so that puts us in an advantage here. But I think for many of the listeners out there, um, they would probably want to know, because this is such an intriguing topic. Um, how are you defining intuition? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, well, intuition is, defi- is defined as knowing without knowing how you know it. So that means that we are getting, um, there's an information that we have that arises within us, and we're not sure where it comes from. Uh, and it, ultimately, it doesn't matter if we are getting good information and we act on it and, and it does positive things for us. I mean, that's, that's really the name of the game. So um, it could be the information is coming from 
the other 90% of our brain that we're not paying attention to, attention to, you know, a lot of times they say we only use 10% of your brain. I think it's more that you're only aware of, uh, you're only conscious of 10% of what's going on in your mind. And, and it could be there, it could be coming from outside of us, it could be coming from our, um, you know, expanded awareness, uh, who knows? And, and so, but that's the basic definition of intuition. It's knowing without knowing how you know it. Well, that's a great definition. And I think that for almost anybody out there listening, they've had, most people have had an intuitive download at some point in their life, and they may not be having them as often as they like. And you mentioned in the book that you never considered yourself to be intuitive, um, you know, as a kid. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at your background in engineering um, versus the metaphysical and you blend the two of these together, later in life, you went that direction. But for the most time, you know, you were a very logical uh, brain thinking person, I would think. So what events happened in your life to help you develop your own intuition and really more importantly, to start to trust in it? Oh, those are great questions. Well, it, it started as you mentioned I have uh, degrees in science and engineering, and and that came out of my just infinite curiosity about how the world works. You know, how, why do and why are we here? And you know, how it is uh, why do things happen the way they do? And that's why I studied science. I, I'm very curious, and engineering was because I really love technology. Um, but it also gave me a good sense of you know a process of examining the world and how to really look at it in a in a step-by-step manner such that I can have a good framework for understanding how things do work. And one of the things that I was always curious about was this phenomenon of intuition, of these abilities to know things without, you know, knowing where it came from. How is it that people knew that, oh, they were going to go on a trip, take a flight somewhere, and something in them said, don't Go, don't get on that plane. They don't get on it, and the plane crashes. Or, or say, uh, someone all of a sudden out of the blue, they feel like they have to call a loved one because there's some sense that there's something wrong. And when they do, uh, they find out there is something very wrong. And so, what is that? And that, to me, uh, again, with my infinite curiosity, wanting to know why do these things happen? Why did it happen? How how does it happen? Uh, one of the thing I have, as you mentioned, a degree in psychobiology, which is all about how the mind works. And I wanted to know, how does that work? And as you mentioned also, that I never considered myself intuitive as a child. In fact, one of the things I I thought it was really cool, I wanted to see if I was um, intuitive. And so I got a, a, a deck of these cards. They're called Zener cards. And you're supposed to predict uh, what is coming up on the card. Now the cards had different shapes on them, like stars and circles and, and uh, squares. And, um, you had to shuffle the deck and then see if you could predict again what's going to flip when you flip one over, what it's going to be. Well, I tried that and I got them all wrong. So I, at that point I decided I'm not intuitive. I can't do this. But I was still very curious. So as um, over the years, I uh, would always like pick up books and and try to see what it was all about, kind of connect it with science. And I had, I figured, I decided one day, you know, if I'm really going to do this, if I want, if I can learn how to be intuitive, because they say everybody has intuition and you can just 
all you have to do is develop it, then I'm going to do that. And so I decided, well, let me go out and study everything I could about it. And one of the things that you have to do to study this ability is kind of get into the metaphysical realm. And so I started studying the metaphysical side of things, the metaphysical sciences. And um, I went through and started studying how to do intuitive readings for people because that was the only way you could do it. There was no scientific book on it, on how to develop it. And there was no, um, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't just go to your neighborhood university and, and learn right. about it. I had to learn this way. And so I did. And again, being very open and I decided, look, you know, let's just um, do all aspects of it. In fact, I did actually, I did study some of the science. I uh, studied the research in science, some of the scientific journals on this um, parapsychology. And it was all very interesting um, how, you know, the world is sort of um, has the evidence there that it does exist. And so eventually what happened was uh, I started, the only way that you could um, actually kind of work with your intuition is to go out and do these intuitive counseling sessions, these intuitive readings uh, for other people. And I did that and just purely, you know, for my own edification and practice. And I started to become a sold out reader. Uh, people would want to come and get readings from me and they couldn't get on my appointment book because it was all booked up. And it was working for other people. And I thought, wow, this is really fascinating. Um, this is great. And and then um, one day, uh, my intuition saved my life. And I can share that little story with you, um, if you'd like. Yeah, sure. The story started the, with your son uh, the many years before, and then how that evolved into something that actually he had some intuition. He did too, actually. He had he had some um, right, and that was kind of connected. And uh, that what with his story was that he had. Um, well, I'll tell you tell you what happened. I'll do the encapsulated version of the how it saved my life. Was uh, basically it was I had gotten the what I thought was the flu, and I felt very fluish. But along with that, I would have these um, heart incidences where my heart would race, and I was short of breath, and I was lying down, and it was my heart would be pounding in my chest and, and that was very odd. Um, so I, I kind of ignored it and then it kept coming back over and over again to the point where it was, it woke me up one night and I was shaking so hard from head to toe that I couldn't even hold a glass of water and it scared me. So I went to the ER and, um, and in the emergency room, the doctors, um, I had stopped shaking and the doctors had taken blood and tested it and said, well, you have some bacteria in your blood, but you could just go to your doctor and get some antibiotics, get some pills and you'll be fine. So I did that and I took my antibiotics and it, it didn't help. It kept happening and it happened again. And it was so bad um, one day that uh, I was lying down again. I was, my heart started to race. I was short of breath and and I started to feel like I was actually going to pass out, and my hands turned white. And that, may, I, I had, like, this is not good. I better go back to the doctor. And I went back to the ER and said the same thing. The doctor said, well, you know, you still have bacteria in your blood, but you're not shaking anymore, so um, go home. And I said, but what was that whole thing about being short of breath and my heart pounding? That doesn't seem like the flu. And he said, oh, that was fear. You were hyperventilating. <laughs> I said, um, 
was like, no, I don't really think so. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, you know, just go home. You'll be fine. I went home and um, I realized it wasn't okay. I wasn't fine. And I turned to my intuition and asked what I should do. And my intuition said, go read this book. And basically, I on, that I had on the shelf. And I grabbed it. And the book was about how to find the best pediatrician, which I thought was really odd. Um, but I read it anyway, because that's what my intuition guided me to do. And as I read it, uh, and the word pediatrician kept popping up in the book, I realized, oh, my pediatrician is a friend. Maybe he knows what I can do. And so I called my pediatrician up, and I had actually had left him a message. He called me back. My intuition said, leave him a detailed message. He'll be back later. And he did. He called me back, and he said, I know exactly what you need to do. You need to see an infectious disease specialist. I know when. He'll see you right away. But you need to go right away. And I did. I called that doctor. He saw me the next day. Um, he did some tests and he discovered that I had a heart infection. It wasn't the flu. And so he put me in the hospital and he gave me intravenous antibiotics instead. <laughs> and uh, so it turned out that what was happening was I was going into sepsis and I had endocarditis, which is a, a very, um, it could be, a, it was a very insidious disease in that it can kind of take you out very quickly, um, and nobody was catching it. Uh, so my intuition saved my life because it guided me to where I needed to be to get the right treatment. Well, that's and a great, after that, I really great story. <laughs> I mean, because you know, look, you what you did is you listen. You asked a question, and I think that's part of your process of intuition on demand here. Yes, it is. is you asked a question. <laughs> It led you to a book, which led you to the pediatrician, which said, hey, look, this is something more than what they're saying. You went in and got the test and determined what you had. And so intuitively, you know, if you look at the steps that occurred there, the first step was asking the question. And that kind of leads me to, yeah. you know, kind of my, my next question. And you have a list of what you referred to as problems people encounter in practicing to get in touch with their intuition. And what, in your estimation, obviously one of them would, would, should be that they, they're not asking questions or they're at least not getting in tune. Mm -hmm. What are those yeah. problems? And can you tell our listeners, you know, how they could kind of overcome that and uh, sure. let's identify those. Well, one of the first things is that question. I think uh, we were talking about that, you know, before the show is that people don't realize that they can make their intuition happen on demand, that the, the the myth is that, well, intuition, I have to wait for it to happen. It has to pop up because that's how most people have experienced it. it it's always been an after the fact. Oh, you know, I had a bad feeling that was going to happen and it did. Or I just knew that wasn't, you know, that person wasn't a, a good person and they weren't. Um, or I should have, you know, I should have gone left instead of right. You know, and then they find out uh, that, you know, it's always in that retrospect. Um, but you can actually trigger your intuition to happen. And that's because your intuitive mind is like your thinking mind. It will respond to a question. So when you ask a question, you ask yourself a question, you tend to answer it. And your intuition will also respond as well. The problem is that we often are thinking so much and so loudly in our minds that we don't hear our intuitive mind speaking to us. So that, there's another uh, 
misunderstanding or a myth with intuition is that people think that the intuition should come and talk to you and give you either a very detailed picture or a very detailed story, which has a lot of words in it, to tell you what to do. And that's another thing that people have problems with, that they are looking for the wrong thing. And because intuition doesn't come to you that way, it comes to you in a word or two. Not a lot of words, maybe three words at most. It'll come in a in a flash. It's very subtle. Mm-hmm. You could. It's very easy to miss, and and it comes in pieces. And I think that's a really big, big one. Is people think, well, you know, I should get the whole answer, and it doesn't always come that way. It often comes in in a in a piece piece piecemeal because um, your intuitive mind actually thinks in abstraction, and that is actually a part of your uh, a part of your brain that thinks in that way, which right. is the intuitive part of your brain. <laughs> so you have to understand the characteristics of intuition. So, so those are a couple of things that you know people miss about intuition, why it doesn't work for them. They don't realize that you can make it happen when you want by asking a, a simple question, and it always responds. And the other is how your intuition is, comes to you. Yeah, and in your estimation, you know, in other words, um, as you get these responses, they're steps, they're pieces to a puzzle. And I think that that is, you know, you being attuned to the, how they do actually come in, you know, where you're, whether you're Clara audience or Clara sentient or however you're receiving it, you know, some people hear a voice, some people feel something, the gut feeling, that kind of thing. And you talk about 10 secrets to intuition. Um, what are they? Yeah. And how would we start to work with them to have more intuitive connection? Well, um, I actually have to uh, go through and, and, and look at the whole list, but um, I'll, get, I'll give you one, uh, which I think you just, that you just touched on, is that intuition is going to come to you, you know, either one way or another, whether it's that uh, you can be Either, you know, you're the kind of person who always gets your intuition through images or that you're always getting your intuition uh, through sound or words. And I believe that everybody can get intuition many different ways. Uh, And that if you seem to get your intuitive messages one way all the time, say it always seems to be a pop-up thought or a, a word in your head, that you can develop the ability to get intuitive messages through images and and I've done that, so I know that it can be done. And I, I always say that, you know, you're, you're not just a seeing person or, or a hearing person. You're, you have all your senses, right? So you just, you just have to develop those. So, um, okay, so let's, let's go through. We'll go through the 10 key secrets because they're really awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, or, okay. or just if you want to cover a few of them and cover them more in depth, then we yeah, can. Yeah, let's do, let's do a few of the good ones the, because. You know, the whole idea is uh, it takes you know, a while it, to get it through Lisa's them all. book and learn more because it really is a very right. in-depth book about this. But yeah, why don't you just cover a couple of those ten? Yeah, and before we go into those, I wanted to kind of follow on with uh, I think one of the questions you may have asked earlier was, um, you know, once I I learned once I learned that I could I saved my life and that how powerful that was. You know, the reason why I turned to teaching other people uh, how to do this rather than you know, either keeping it to myself or, or helping people with intuitive counseling 
is that I wanted other people to be able to do what I did. Not, you know, hopefully you won't have to save your life, but if you need to, you can use it. And you have that tool, this powerful, wonderful gift, this tool that you've honed to the point where you can use it on anything you want at any time. Um, I, you know, that's, that's a better way for the whole world. Can you imagine what the whole world would be like if everybody was highly intuitive? It would it be just would be amazing. And an so, amazing place, yeah. Yeah, it would be. And, you know, and that's why I, I teach it. And the 10 key secrets are important. I think a lot of people have, um, it surprised them. And then, of course, the technique that we talked a, a little bit about, we touched on that. And I found that the, when people learn the technique, they can go home after, you know, just, um, hearing a lecture, a one-hour lecture, and it works for them right away. So that was exciting. So one of the first, one of the first few things that you need to know in, in the ten key secrets is that um, intuition. And we talked a little bit about it. Is it comes in fragments and symbols. This is number three. That intuition is it doesn't involve a lot of thinking. And that it doesn't have, as I said, this long explanation or it doesn't come out as it sounds. It Sometimes it seems like it's a long narrative. You, If you talk to someone who's intuitive and they said, well, I got this intuitive message for you. And then they describe it to you and it's this long story. But that's because they put all the pieces together and now they're giving it to you as as a whole story. And the way intuition works is it comes up as a little piece here and a little piece there. And as you form the, as you look at the pieces and you put them together, it forms the message. And it's sort of like what I describe as the, um, you know, walking through a fog. And when you're walking through, a, say, a foggy, uh, um, let's say if you're out in, in the forest, you know, and it's foggy out, you can't see everything. But then as you're walking a little closer, you start to see a silhouette of a tree. And then the tree gets a little bit clearer as you get closer to it. And you realize, oh, it's got branches on it. And the branches um, have pine needles. Oh, it's a pine tree, right? So that's how, or you see the ship in the night where you see a piece, a part of it, you know, maybe the, the stern or maybe the, um, you know, uh, the different parts of it. And as it gets closer, you go, oh, it's a ship. So it comes in fragments and symbols, and you have to put those together. And, and one of the things I discovered when I did a reading once for someone, and this is how it kind of works, is I was picking up information about this. It was a mother and her daughter who was sitting in front of me, and they didn't give me any information about the daughter and the, the mother had brought her daughter to um, get some intuitive counseling and uh, an intuitive reading. And so I was picking up some general information about her intuitively. And the first thing I had um, gotten was an image of a stone bench. And, you know, those little benches, they, they like a stone top with two legs on it. Yeah. And I looked uh -huh. and I saw, saw that and I, and that was one piece. So the technique is to go back and ask another question. Um, why am I seeing this bench? And I asked my intuition that. And then I got, it's not a bench, it's a desk. And like, oh, okay. So it's a desk. And what does the desk mean? I asked my intuition and I got um, knowledge, the mind. And it's like, okay, so what about this knowledge, the mind? And why why am I getting, why are you showing me this? And then I, I saw a, like green leaves 
all around. And and to me, the color green always means healing. So because I learned that that was my symbol. We just talked that intuition talks to you in pieces and symbols. And so I saw the green and I got knowledge. So I told uh, this, you know, the mother and daughter that, okay, your daughter is going to be um, a healer, but she's not going to be healing the body. She's going to be healing the mind. And the mother was, she was surprised. She gasped and she said, oh, well, that's right. Because my daughter is studying to be a clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. So that's how it comes. It comes in pieces right. and fragments. Yeah, that's a great example and, for our listeners. Yeah, I like, and that that was and, one of the things that really yeah, struck understand. me. And I don't think you have to go through all of those 10, but what I was going to say no. is that, that, that that's a great example for people to realize how this works. And once they understand how it works, it's it's so much better for them. Now, mm-hmm. you, I think one of the big things that anyone's going to ask here, and it's one of my important questions, and I think to the listeners as well, is how do you recommend discerning the intuition no matter what way we receive it, whether it's clairaudient, clairsentient, however it is, um, that, that the message is true versus mm-hmm. that message being an ego-based message? Mm-hmm. And how do we know... You know, I mean, this this basically comes from a whole chapter in your book called How We Know Not to Make Up, Make It Up, right? So right. What, is, what is it that you would advise these listeners that are listening today? Say, okay, I heard what you said. I asked it. I heard this, but I don't trust it. Or I don't yeah. know if this is true. I don't know how it is. It's got to be- I don't know if I made it of, up, that I make it up. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be one of the biggest questions that you get and probably the it most is. questions. It is. It's the number one question. Right. Um, so there, there are a couple answers to that. And the first one is that you have to understand how intuition talks to you. You have to understand the intuition, the characteristics of intuition. And, that, um, and I'll give you a few. Intuition is usually is not going to be wordy. It's not going to have a lot of words. It's not going to be yelling and screaming at you. It's usually neutral in terms of uh, how, how the message comes to you. It's, it's, it's quiet, and it's just it states, you know, turn left, stop here, you know, um, go this way. So it's, and, um, and if you have a feeling, it, the feeling will be subtle. So it may be an emotional feeling. Uh, sometimes it's a feeling of repulsion, you know, it, you kind of, Feel like you want to shrink away or attraction you want to go in that direction so those are some of the characteristics um it may be an image that pops up in your mind inside your mind not outside because most intuitive people who are highly intuitive get it in their heads um but it's not detailed it's just maybe it's a silhouette or maybe it's a piece it might be you know you see a, a, a car tire instead of the whole car and that's how it comes to you. So that's number one. You have to know how it comes to you, the characteristics. And then the second thing, which uh, a lot of people are, are probably not going to be too happy about, um, is that you have to practice using your intuition. It's just like any other skill. And I describe to people how you practice, how you exercise it, and how you, the reason why you want to practice is because you're going to learn, just like any other skill, when it's working and when it isn't. And you're going to go, okay, um, when my intuition was right, it felt like this. When, uh, when it was wrong, I was 
um, you know, I was like, I was judging myself and I was thinking too much and I was worried as it was. And, and I knew what I got was not right. The other thing is that it just like, um, I compare it to say learning how to play tennis. Um, as you're practicing, you start, let's say you're learning how to serve and you learn how to hold a racket, you know, where to put your feet, you know, where to hold the ball and how to toss it. And as you swing to hit the ball, and it goes into the court, into the serve box, you feel it. You And you know what the feeling is. You know what it's right when it goes, how it feels, when it goes into that serve box, as opposed to when you miss hit it. And so every time you feel that, every time you feel that it's right, you know that that ball is going to go into the box. It's the same thing with intuition. When you get a feeling, you know what the feeling, the intuitive feeling feels like to you. You know when the word pops up in your head that that's how that's what it, it's usually like when the intuition is correct. So it's so, more it's it's more pronounced. It, it, like you say, when you hit a ball well, in a tennis racket and you hit it it's right, not, it's not that it's more pronounced. It's that you know what it feels like because yeah. you practice it so much. Right, you've done yeah. it so many times, and and I go through. This is really key. It's very important. Um, I talk about intuition exercises and. There are things you do practice. And I talk about what a good intuition exercise is and what a bad one is. So a good intuition exercise, um, one of the good characteristics of one is that you can validate the information that you get. So what does that mean? Um, let's say you, you're going to do an exercise where, oh, I'm going to see if I can pick up what my uh, my husband had for lunch today. And... And that's a good exercise because you can validate it because when he comes home later, you can ask. But if a bad exercise would be, well, I'm going to see if I can use my intuition to find out what my favorite pop singer had for lunch today. Well, unless right. you actually know them and can call them up and ask, um, it's not a good exercise because you can never validate it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and, they, and the validation is important because when you do get it right, you go, oh, yeah, I, I train people. Go back and remember, if you got it right, what was it like? Did you get a picture in your head? Did you hear a word? Did you smell something? How did it come to you? And that's the key of mm -hmm. knowing, because now you're learning how your intuition comes to you when it's correct. And that's how you can become a very powerful intuitive, how you can be, have your intuition be so masterful within you that you can use it and know when it's telling you something. Well, I think for the listeners, obviously, that uh, this book, out of all the books on intuition, in my estimation, um, it, it's a very practical guide to developing intuition. Um, you see, you hear a lot of books, and they don't give the kind of detail. They don't give the kind of uh, background information that people know. This one is loaded with stories. It's loaded with exercises. It's loaded with things that you can do to actually start practicing getting in touch with your intuition. And that's what I love about it because, you know, there's so many skeptics when it comes to this. And this is one of those books that if you actually pick it up, read it, practice the techniques that Lisa has put in here, you're going to find that you're going to start to get in touch with your intuition and your skepticism about whether or not you can tap your intuition. Everybody has it. Uh, will start to be removed. It'll go away. And 
you know, Lisa, you really have done an excellent job explaining to my listeners what it is that they need to do. And I'm going to encourage them all to go pick up a copy of this book because that's the best way for you to do it and start practicing it. You also can go to Lisa's website, which we'll have a link on our blog too, which is uh, www.lmk88.com. You're welcome to reach out to Lisa as well. You also have your own podcast show itself. Is that correct, Lisa? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and where, where, would they and tu- where would they tune into that? Um, you know, you could get everything on my website at okay. lmk88.com. Or um, there's another URL, URL that's easier to remember. It's intuitionondemandbook.com. And it Intuition. all goes to my website. Everything is there. Yeah, intuitionondemandbook.com. Um, everything is there. And my, my podcast, I've got a blog and it's got tips on intuition. That's what I post about. And you can sign up for my newsletter and just get all these um, wonderful tips in your email uh, just to kind of start your day. And, and, you know, we send them out a couple times a month and all kinds of goodies out there. I got videos and stuff. Intuition is, is, is what we're, what we're all about. <laughs> well, thank you for being on Inside Personal Growth and spending some time to uh, speak uh, to my listeners and guiding them through some of the ideas, exercises, um, and the way in which you explain intuition, which you make it so easy. That's what I love about it. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks.